I think we can all agree it's possible to have too little money, but is it possible to have too much money? And if both of those are possible, what's enough money? How much money do you need in order for you to be happy? Is there a dollar amount? Can you be happy with money? Will money bring you happiness? We're going to talk about all this. It's going to be a great conversation we're having, and uh, I I think you're going to enjoy this. I'm going to share today a huge departure from what I believed 10 years ago, but it was a pleasant departure. You may be challenged. You may be insulted. You may be bored. Who knows? You're going to enjoy this. Okay, so if you're bored, you probably won't. But anyway, we're going to jump into it. How much money is enough? I'm Desmond, and this is your Mental Mastery Monday, episode 161. This podcast is about success for failures. Failures like me, who grew up in a world that valued conformity over creativity. People like me who have been made to feel like failures in the corporate structured world of education and the cubicle littered world of business. This podcast is a misfits guide to discovering, pursuing, and achieving our infinite creative purpose. So welcome home. Let's change the world around us by changing the world within us. As you've heard me say so many times, fear controls us. And there are a number of fears that really have major controls in our lives. And those fears, when they get out of control or when we lose control of them, can keep us from having what we really, really want in life. There are a couple of very real fears which play into how much money we think is enough money. Fear of rejection, that's one sometimes we're motivated to make more money so we won't feel rejected by our social circle. We believe we need to have the same cars, our neighbors, the same vacations that our friends took, the same toys that uh, other people at the beach have over the weekend. This fear keeps us from finding happiness in life because it causes us to do things we don't really want to do, but out of fear. We don't really think we need to do, but we're fearful that we'll be rejected by our social circle. Another fear is mediocrity. This is very similar. It may not be a factor for you. I realize that, but it is for some. And not all fears are factors for every single person. There's probably varying degrees of each one for different people. But when we have a fear of mediocrity, we don't want to live that mediocre life. We we have this fear of average, right? We want to feel our life is amazing. So we're always striving to get more, to do more so that things are amazing for us. We have this huge draw on us for things that go beyond our means because we feel our means will only bring us mediocrity. So those are a couple of fears, rejection, mediocrity. These fears control us and they rob us of happiness, satisfaction in life. They really do. How do they affect you? Well, you can find out. I do have my one page report on five fears, which are killing our dreams. And I say ours, not yours, because I'm dealing with these two. That's why I did this. And I've done so much study into this. I realized that once we learn these fears, we control these fears, then life is boundless, limitless for us. Download your one-page report right now. It's free, of course. Five fears which are killing your dreams, our dreams. Go to my5fears.com. My, the number five, fears.com and download it today. Uh, It could be really, really insightful for you. Let's jump into this topic. Money. How much is enough money? This comes from my friend John Schumacher. He's an author of a book called Hangouts That Convert. He's a web webinar master. He really is great at it. But anyway, he asked these wonderful questions, and I watched him do a video one time. 
recently just asked, how much money is enough? And he's he's financially okay. He's doing okay. He's, he's making money off of his business and his books, and he doesn't need to go to work. And so he's, but he's living in a modest place in California, and he's wondering, how much is enough? I have enough right now to sustain me. I have enough to keep providing me everything I, that I have right now, and I'm happy right now. So is this enough? Do I need more? So he's asking himself these questions like, should I set new goals to make more money? And I thought about it. I was like, how much is enough? And you may be in a situation right now where you're saying, I don't know how much is enough, but I know it's a little bit more than I got because you're stressed about money. And I think clearly when we're stressed about money, it's not enough right now. Now, there's a lot of factors that go into that. It could be that you've just spent too much. And I know I've been in that situation where you've stretched too far. I do it every time I buy a house. I don't know why they keep telling me, you qualify for this much because I don't. I mean, I qualify for it, but I can't afford it, right? And never buy the house that you qualify for. Now, some financial people may tell you it's smart, but it's going to make your life horrible for a couple of years until things level off. So maybe that's where you are right now. You're stressed out, but it could be because, not because you don't have enough money, but because you got too many expenses, right? There's, there's a difference there. I really think the first thing we need to ask is, why do we even need money, right? It's, it's really just a means to an end. It's a way of bartering. It, it used to be years ago, if I was a chicken farmer, I would trade you some eggs for a side of beef. It have to be a lot of eggs, I imagine, but for a side of beef. Or maybe I would trade another person some eggs or some vegetables. And we would we would go back and we would just barter back and forth. Well, as society changed, I may not have somebody near me who needs eggs, but they have vegetables. So I go over to the guy who has a cow and I say, hey, I'll give you these eggs if you give me uh, three pounds of ground beef and some of those gold coins. Because the person over here doesn't need eggs, but I know they could use gold coins because they could use it to go buy whatever they want. So anyway, so that's why we have money. It's just a way of exchanging services and products. It's a means to an end. So what's your goal with money? What is the end that you're looking to get out of money? Because if it's a means to an end, then what's the end? What is it, what is it that you're trying to achieve with money? I think that's what we've got to ask ourselves. Is it security? Uh, maybe it's significance. I talked about that a lot. A lot of us are motivated by the desire to feel significant in this world. And that goes back to those fears that we've talked about that you can download. Um, Self-satisfaction. Maybe that's the end that we're looking. We just want to really satisfy ourselves. We want to be indulgent. Maybe that's it. And some mindset stuff that needs to go on there probably needs some adjustment to really find happiness. The amount of money we need is dependent on how much we need of what money can buy us, right? So satisfaction, significance, security, those things. So how much of each one of those things do we need? That's what determines how much money we need, how much money is enough. For example, security. How much security do you need in order to feel like you have enough? I mean, what's enough security for you? I know some people, they don't have any money in the bank and they don't even worry about it until the car breaks. But for the most part, they don't worry about it. Other people are very nervous about what might happen tomorrow. You may not remember this. You may be too young, but I remember the Y2K scare. There's still end time preppers. There's what are they called? Doomsday preppers. There's people who are worried about that. So they're 
filling up 55-gallon drums full of water and grain and canned goods and that because they feel like they need more than the average person or the typical person does in order to feel secure. Well, you may be that way about money. You may be worried about the big, scary thing that's going to happen next month in your life. And so you got to have a lot of money put away. You may be worried about certain things. Certainly a reality for a lot of people. How significant do you need to feel? Some people are very secure in themselves. They don't really need a lot in order to feel significant because their significance comes from within. That's probably, I, I think, I could be wrong. Uh, I never like to just point at you and say, you're wrong, I'm right. But I think when we find that significance from within, we're better off, we're healthier. I think I feel healthier when I do that. Now, I don't always do that. Don't get me wrong. I don't always find that significance from within. But when I do, I think I'm in a healthier place. So how much significance do you need? And how much of your significance needs to come from external sources? That's going to determine how much money is enough. How much self-discipline do you have? Do you have a lot of self a lot of self-discipline? And therefore, you can say no to a lot of the things, the indulgent things in life, the decadent things in life. Or maybe you don't have very much self-satisfaction or very much self-discipline. And so you're always looking to just satisfy yourself, satisfy yourself, satisfy that inner yearning for a little bit more, a little something, just something that tastes good, something that feels good. I, You know, all kinds of things. Designer clothing, things like that plays into probably each one of these things, maybe not security, but significance certainly, and maybe self-indulgence, it could play into that. But each one of those items, maybe some other items for you, maybe, I'm not going to go into all of them, they're geared towards making us happy, or probably a better word for it would be content. They're geared towards making us content in life, satisfied in life. So can money buy you contentment? Or maybe here's another word, peace, (gasps) peace, happiness, happiness, peace and happiness. Can money buy us contentment or peace or happiness? Well, yeah, I think it can buy us some peace. I think it can buy us some happiness. I think it can buy us some contentment. I don't know. Can money buy you contentment? Hmm. I think, it, I think you can raise your money so that you're content with it, but you could also lower what it takes to be content. We won't go there. But I do think, yes, it can. And I know that kind of goes against a lot of the mindset gurus. They, but, but seriously, there's a comedian, Daniel Tosh, Tosh.0. Um, he, he does this bit, and I, I really love it. It's funny. He, he talks about, well, have you ever seen somebody sad on a wave runner, on a personal watercraft thing? He's, of course, money can buy you happiness. Nobody's ever frowning when they're riding around on a jet ski or or a wave runner. And he's a comedian. But the thing is, comedy, tragedy, real life, all those things, they've got to touch on realities in life in order for us to relate to them and find humor in them. And there's truth to what he's saying. There's nobody out on the water on a wave runner right now just really miserable. Honestly, the wave runner is not what makes you happy. It's the experience of riding the wave runner, the exhilaration, the fun, finding those things. So it's not, It's it, this is what's key in this, in understanding this. Having a wave runner might make you happy on a Saturday afternoon, more so than sitting on the beach watching others riding around on theirs. But it's more of the experience and being content in the experience. So the person sitting on the beach may have had a crazy week and all they really want 
is to just sit calmly and quietly on the beach, and that makes them happy. Another person may have had a, a boring week. They work in a factory. They put widgets together. You put the screw inside of this bracket and then inside of that piece of wood, and then do that again, and then you do that again, and then you do that again. You know how it goes if you worked in a factory. They really need something different to change things up for them on their weekend, and so that wave runner may be what gives them happiness. So we have to ask, what makes us as individuals happy? Do we need to buy something in order to experience that happiness? Oh, that's key right there. Do we need to buy something in order to have that same happiness? See, I could be really, really happy on a wave runner. I could also be really, really happy laying in a hammock. I could be really, really happy grilling some steaks on the grill outside, right? So, It doesn't always require spending money or spending the same amount of money in order to have the same level of happiness. It's a mindset. As I've gotten older, I've realized it's not things that make me happy. It's the experiences I have. It's those things will bring us experiences and the experiences make us happy. There's a million different ways to have a certain experience. If you think a wave runner is the only way you'll experience happiness, you may be struggling in life. You may be finding that you're in a lot of debt because you're finding that things are the only things that that will bring you happiness. Things are the only things. That, huh. You know what I'm saying. Stuff is the, is the only thing that will bring you happiness. So ask yourself. Change your mindset on that. Is it the same level of happiness when you're grilling with your friends on the back porch as when you're out on a wave runner? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a higher level of happiness. Maybe you love deep conversation. Maybe you love reading. Maybe you love doing some sort of art craft activity maybe you love musical instruments and you you just want to play a guitar and you go buy a secondhand guitar it's not the same cost as the wave runner but you love sitting there with your friends and singing and having a good time so there are a lot of different ways we can find happiness and a lot of different costs associated with those ways that we will find happiness what if you were riding your wave runner with your kids would you be happier than if you were riding them without your kids What about this? What if it's your father's funeral tomorrow? Is riding that wave runner making you happy today? Maybe not. See, it's all inside. This is always every episode. I want to take us back to this understanding that we're seeking happiness externally, but really everything that we want in life starts internally. We have to understand that if I'm having my dad's funeral tomorrow, I could go out on that wave runner and find zero happiness on it. And I'm preoccupied with everything having to do with that funeral tomorrow and my dad's life and the circumstances of him dying or whatever. See, that's all internal stuff. And it's changing whether the external stuff is making me happy or not. So you have to understand. It doesn't mean that you then abandon everything external. There's nothing wrong with having a wave run. Oh, well, Daniel Tosh made me go off on this wave runner tangent. But nothing wrong with having that. It's just understanding it in relation to everything else in life and understanding whether it's, you know, whether it's the wave runner or whether it's me inside that's bringing me happiness. So I think we can agree the amount of money we need can go up or down simply by changing something internal, right, to a degree. There actually is some science which has gone into determining how much money is enough. It's a study comes out of Princeton University. This is fascinating. I love this because it's 
is I really believe it's true. And I know studies, it all depends on who funds them and what the motive was of the person who funded it and who did it and all that. But I really do believe this study is true. Princeton University, they did this study and they determined the amount of money you need to be happy, at least in America, North America and the United States, is about $75,000 per year. Now, if you're making more than that, you're like, I couldn't imagine living on that. Or if you're making less than that, you're like, oh, man, I'd be thrilled with $75,000. They really did find out that people who make less than $75,000 were significantly less happy than those who made more than $75,000 a year. But that slope, that slope levels off once you hit $75,000 per year. That means you'll see your happiness go up significantly as your income goes up from 50000 a year to $75,000 a year, that $25,000 difference. It, it takes a significant uh, uptick in your happiness, your level of happiness. But you won't see that same increase in happiness when you go from $75,000 a year to 100000 It really, it's like a mountaintop or a, a hilltop. You get to that 75000 and things really level off at that point. And this was a deep study that they did. I'd research it. I'd look it up if, um, if you have a chance. So what can we conclude from all that, though? What they did was they determined really having our needs met and security that they'll continue to be met is what makes us happy. Making sure our family's needs are met makes us happy. Having stuff, things doesn't make us as happy as having our needs met. So having luxuries doesn't bring us as much happiness as having the necessities. Does it make sense to you? Hopefully at $75,000 a year, the average American family living in the average American town or community can rest assured most of their needs are going to be met with a small amount left over for the things that we don't really need, but we kind of want some of the luxuries, if you will. So could you do it on less? Well, sure, you could live in a town where it's cost of living is less. Or you, you could live in a place where cost of living is higher. In South Florida, it's a little bit higher, I'm sure. $75,000 is not the number that the people who answered that survey in South Florida came up with. The formula is really pretty easy. Reduce what you need in life. So housing, do you need in order in order to feel like you, you've got your necessities taken care of? Do you need a 2,500-square-foot home? Could you feel like your needs are taken care of in a 1,200-square-foot home? Maybe you have a lot of kids and you need a 3,000-square-foot home. Maybe it's just you and your spouse. Maybe it's just you and you really only need 900 square feet. What about food? Do you need to have steak once a week? Do you need to have meat? Do you Maybe spaghetti's enough for you. Maybe you love pasta. Maybe you love cheaper foods, foods that don't cost as much. Clothing, designer clothes, or maybe you go to TJ Maxx or another discount store. Or you could do the same with no-name clothing. And you'd still feel like, well, I got my needs met. There's a lot of people don't worry about the label that's on their clothing. And they feel like their needs are met. Other people don't feel like their needs are met unless they've got a really good uh, line of clothing in their closet. So you could change your mindset on those things and change what your needs are, right? Transportation. Some people, I know there's a lot of people who feel like they need to get a new car every four to five years in order to feel like they have their necessities in life. They need something extra super reliable. They want something that's always under warranty so they're not going to get surprised by a major car repair bill. And they're willing to take on uh, they're willing to take on debt in order to get that. Maybe you could find a car that's safe and reliable and the amount of 
money you spend on it to maintain it and repair it is significantly less than the payments on that two-year-old car. So this is what I'm just trying to get you to kind of change your mindset a little bit about what a need is and what your necessities are. Because we know when we have our needs met, we reach this peak in happiness. It's just below the peak. When we when we have our needs met and some extras, now we've peaked out on our happiness. It's more about finding not just that your necessities are met, but that the things you need to be comfortable are met. Are met. Finding your comfort zone. That's not just survival. Getting your necessities, that's survival. That's a different number. Comfort is what's key in this. Find out what your comfort areas are, where your comfort areas are. Do you need a more reliable car with less maintenance? You may have to bump that number up. It's kind of like if you had all these different sliders in front of you. And so you've got this level, everything's level. And as you say, I really need a car that's that's got more reliability or more of something. So you move that up and all the others drop down a little bit. You see what I'm saying? And then you go over and you look at the size of your home or the neighborhood you need to live in, schools or whatever. And you say, well, you know what? I don't really need as big a home, so I'm going to lower that down. Well, that causes all the other sliders to move up. So you lower that down. And you put a huge focus maybe on your physical fitness, your physical well-being. And you can only, you really only feel like you're in your comfort zone if you're eating organic, locally grown foods. That may be a little bit more expensive. So you're going to raise your food costs up a little bit and everything else drops down. And you go back and forth and you keep raising those and lowering those until you get to that right place where you found your comfort zone. But most people don't need the most in every single area. So we can make those adjustments. And you might even find that you can lower some things without raising the others. So you could say, well, you know, I really don't need a car that's two years old. I can go with an eight-year-old car. And I just put some money away in case of an emergency, the car breaks down or something. I'm good with that. And I don't need the car payment. So you lower that down. And you may say that, you know, I, I really can live on vegetables and chicken or something like that. So you're going to lower that down. You're not buying steaks. You're not buying roasts. You're not buying extra organic foods or something like that. It's fine. Whatever you want to do. I'm not anything. You know, I'm not saying that either one's better. I'm just saying you need to adjust what it is. What is your comfort zone? Know what you really want and what you really need. Find value and significance from within. Realize there's more ways for you to find happiness than just riding that wave runner. There's a lot of ways you could have that same level of happiness that would have a lower cost. So how much money is enough in order for you to have that level of happiness? Well, somebody who says only can find that on a wave runner, well, that's going to be four grand or whatever wave runner runs. Another person say, I can find that level of happiness flying a kite. Well, okay, so it's $20 or whatever kite costs. Five it used to be a dollar or whatever when I was a kid. Man, when I was a kid. And list 10 other ways you can find happiness, that level of happiness outside of spending four grand on a wave runner. Start to look at those different ways because what we want is we want happiness. We want the experience. We don't want the things. We want the experience. So how much money is enough? I honestly think it's when you don't have to think about money anymore. But that's for one person who has a mature outlook on what makes them happy, somebody who's really gone through and thought about this stuff a different number than somebody else who isn't as mature about money or stuff. If you still think a wave runner is the only way you're going to be happy, you've probably not got the healthiest view on life and happiness. Before you kill yourself trying to make more money, go within yourself. Ask what you're seeking to satisfy. Significance, security, self-indulgence. Is that what you're seeking to satisfy? 
then ask if you can change that somehow. And go back and listen to some previous episodes on each one of those things. And change it. And you'll find that your requirement for external forces will drop. And when those drop, expenses drop. And you might be able to find that happiness at less than $75,000 a year, the, the average in America. Change the world within you and you change the world around you. So here's what I'd love to see you do out of this episode. Make a list of the things you think are necessities in your life. Then sort them from your highest priority necessity to your lowest priority necessity. Assuming that you're going to have all of them, which one could you go without for the longest period of time? That would be one of your lowest levels. Remember, though, you're only looking at meeting your needs. So make that list of items. What are your needs? What are things that you wouldn't be able to go for more than a few days without having? Well, water's clearly one, right? Makeup, is that a need? Well, you might say, well, with my job, I would lose my job if I didn't have makeup. Okay, so that might become a necessity for you in life. What kind of makeup? So all those things factor into this, right? You need to look at each one of those things. Make a list of the luxuries you value in life. And remember, some level of luxuries are required in order for us to meet that happiness quotient, that happiness level, that top of the mountain for happiness. Remember, too many luxuries, it doesn't go up. Once you reach that level where you got just enough luxuries, you meet your needs, you got those luxuries, you go beyond that, you're not going to see an increase in happiness. So figure out where that spot is on luxuries. Sort those luxury items from highest to lowest and then take like the top 20% of them. And pursue meeting your needs and adding those 20% of your luxuries. And you'll probably find, by and large, you have enough money at that point. So when you say, what's enough money? And then you want to factor into this also. How much do you need to put away in order, if something happened to your job or you want to retire eventually at some point soon or later, whatever, in order for you to keep at that level? So you got to add that onto there. And now you know what amount is enough for you. And see, it's not, so often we think, I just need to make more money because we're looking for significance from our bank account. So we always think, I just got to make more money, got to make more money, got to get to the next goal, the next level and that. No, you don't. You know, you don't. Figure it out what it is and then find happiness in the fact that you don't have to chase it anymore. That makes you really happy when you figure out how to stop chasing happiness. It's freeing. Just feel the weight off of your shoulders. I hope you'll take the time to do that this week. This is a fun episode to do, fun to think about, because it challenged me, I mean, a year a year ago, maybe a little bit a year ago, but 10 years ago, really, boy, man, it was limitless how much money was enough for me. There was none that was enough because I measured my success by dollars and cents. When you stop doing that, when I stop doing that, you start to realize, well, my success is determined by the impact I'm having in other people's lives. That may be one of the ones for you. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you'll share it with somebody, and I hope you'll give a rating or review. I haven't asked for that in a while. Go into iTunes, would you please? Go into iTunes, search for Mental Mastery Mondays, and leave a rating and review for this podcast. Five stars. Love it when you do that, but maybe I'm not worth five stars. Five stars. I'm sure it's going to be honest from you. I would love to have you give a rating and a review in iTunes or in Stitcher or in Spreaker or in SoundCloud or in wherever it is that you listen to this show. Thanks so much. May your reach always extend beyond your grasp. 